the intro again. <laughs> don't, don't, please don't. You really gonna do this? Yeah, f- him. It's our show. We do what we want. Oh my God, no! Not another freaking wrestling podcast. Yay! Like I said, I don't get people watching. So either you love me or you don't. I love you. I love you too. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Another Freaking Wrestling Podcast. The throwback this week, it's just me and T.Y. of the chairs, and I'm J.D. And I'll tell you why, this is the Angels of Punk Rock doing this thing again. Hold it down in the fourth, y'all. Yes. All right. Uh, man, so big week of wrestling, especially for me. I got to go to my first ever Raw. Yeah, how was that? Dude, it was dope. Uh, that crowd was hot. That was a hot-ass crowd, and it was cool as fuck to see live, and then, like, I watched it back on television the next day. They didn't pipe in any crowd noise for it. They didn't have to. That crowd was just lit all fucking night, dude. And, uh, man, the moment Dom got on the mic in that first opening segment, just, like, showering booze down hard. Dude, I, there's that heat, man. Like, you can't go wrong with, like, real good heat. Dom's got it, dude. Man, I I, did, I could not hear a word he said in that segment live. I had to listen to it on television to see what he actually said because just drowned the fuck out in that arena. Dude, it's awesome. Like that's like like a dude like heat like that. You can't run into it that often. Like how wrestling is these days. Uh, I got my first ever uh, WWE wrestling shirt, a Rhea Ripley shirt. Got a She's My Mommy shirt. That was a wise choice. I I probably would have picked that one myself. Man, I looked at all the shirts, and uh, I'll be honest, because, you know, I'm probably the only one on the podcast who's a Cody Rhodes fan. I thought about the Cody Rhodes shirt, but I'm also, like, it's too patriotic for me. Okay. So I just, uh, I went with uh, with Mommy. I got you. So uh, what you're telling me is um, the Cody Rhodes shirt's more too much like uh, the New New England Patriots. Is that, is yes. that one of okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, I told, oh, yeah, I mean, huh? I told Brady with Bond here. Yeah, that's exactly. It. I got you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about Raw. I'll talk talk about it at least from my experience being there. I watched it on television too, but I I watched the Hulu version because I wasn't watching three hours of Raw again. By the way, dude, that is a five hour ordeal. Um, we got there at. About 5.30, doors opened at... Or about 5.45, doors opened at 6. Or we're supposed to open at 6. They opened a little late and got in there and we were there till 11.30. So, no, we were there about six hours. Damn it, dude. Like, as a promoter myself, like, thinking about running the show that long just gives me the heebie-jeebie. They do this every week. Man, that was... It, it was intense. Uh, like, we, we got there when the doors opened. Like, we, we didn't show up late. We were there right away, uh... We're going to go to the merch tables immediately, but they were flooded. So we didn't, we didn't go to merch. Uh, we went and found food and found our seats and sat down and checked it out. We had pretty good seats. Uh, we were in a section like right across from Titantron, the uh, first upper section above Titantron. Uh, so pretty great seats, second row from there. So uh, I've got a good raw story. So me and and a couple of friends, one of them being Benjamin Carter or Nathan, Nathan Frazier from NXT, yeah. we all went to our first Raw. It was in Knoxville, and um, uh, Nathan Frazier was actually selling his own merch before the show went out, and he actually made a good penny. He made like over $100. Oh, 
Damn. Oh, so good for him. Uh, so I was playing a game the whole time we were in line of uh, picking out who I thought was independent wrestlers. I found about 11. <laughs> Very good. I don't know the scene around here, but definitely, you know, you know the look. You know the look. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, but yeah, we got there a little early, um, scoped it out, found our food, waited for the show to start. We watched main event. Uh, they take main event beforehand. Uh, it was like Dana Brooke and Emma was the first match. I don't remember who the second match was. Um, it, it was kind of forgettable, to be honest with you. It's, it's amazing. I, was about, I, I was about to say, what was the crowd reaction to that? Because I figure, like, if you're doing a main event, you would want, like, your true curtain jerk to be like a good match on the main event, you know. But crowd was dead. Most of them weren't there, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. People people were still out in the concourses getting merged or on getting food or something like we were. So like a lot of people weren't there. Becca went and explored around a little bit while we were up while after I took my seat. And I like I never got up again after I sat down. Like I never I never got back up my seat. Didn't go to the bathroom. I was glued to the fucking show. I wanted to experience the whole thing. Yeah. So um Becca went down in like the first or second segment and like they went to the merch table and they were able to get to it relatively easily where she surprised me with this and the Bray Wyatt mask and a few and she got some Cody Rhodes stuff because she is a Cody Rhodes mark now. Uh, more on this later because we have a, have a long talk about Cody Rhodes on this podcast among the entire group. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that first segment, man, Sammy and Kevin, they're still really over, but they got to find something else to do with them quick. I, I agree with that. Um, and, and that's not just from a crowd perspective because the crowd, yeah, like they're not as over as they were, but like, God, this is just it's drugs drug on so long. Well, I mean, I, I would say it's still, but you can you can kind of tell like you and I and I can't speak for Shane, Jay, and Will, but you could kind of tell when it's time to move on to something different. So I I'm kinda hoping like after not a champions, we can get there. Well, I appreciate what's happening within the bloodline. I just wish Sammy and Kevin didn't have to still be attached to it. Their their story's yeah. over with them. Now it's just them being used to tell the bloodline story when you could plug almost anybody into that role. Exactly, yeah, and I agree with you on that. Um, there's other tag teams out there that you can do something with. I'm kind of curious of what you would do with uh, with the uh, models and stuff like that with Kevin and Sammy. For some reason, I think that's just hilarious. Uh, man, man, they're they're really over. Uh, it, it was fun. Uh, like I said, though, Dom when he when they're uh, judgment taking him out. My God, that kid has heat. Yeah. Hey, think it's... about think about this. What what if you would put Damian Priest and Dom in that tag team? Uh, I wouldn't say put the belts on, but like put them in that role, like kind of put them in that spotlight for a little bit. I think after Night of Champions, that's what you're going to see. Yeah, there's Damian and Dom stepping in the tag team scene a little bit because you got Finn Balor probably going to be working in the main event scene for the belt. Uh, so I, I would assume Damian and Dahl are going to be the tag team chasing the belts because they stayed in their intent to go after the tag belts. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just judging from it with Finn being in the in the world title tournament and being in the finals of Raw, I would say he's the one they're more likely to push the main event right now. Yeah. Even though they're still really high on Damian Priest, but they're also really high on Dominic Mysterio. Right, so, yeah. Like, these three guys are 
getting the rub no matter what division they're working in. Yeah. And nothing hurts Damien and Dom from working with Kevin and Sammy. No, not but not all. No, everyone benefits there. Yeah, uh, Kevin and Sammy's gonna get their they're gonna get their uh, shot and their pops and stuff like that. Dom and Damien Priest will get their heat. I mean, it, it's it's a pretty good little mix, that, in my opinion. So on the flip side of Dominic having so much heat, Rhea Ripley is fucking over. Yeah, yo, I joined in the mommy chance. Whenever uh, it broke out immediately, and like that woman just, and she, but she's so good at getting the crowd to just like immediately boo her right after they pop for her. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna turn it back around, but she is when she turns someday, she's gonna be a huge baby face. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm not gonna say it's a matter of time because I can't sense it being anytime soon. You know what I mean? Oh no, no. But but when it gets there, within a, like a. I don't know, a year, year and a half, two at the most. Yeah, it, people are going to love, love, and they're just going to dig it. Um, Yeah, that opening segment was real cool. Uh, Judgment Day can interact with... um Judgment Day, sorry. Judgment Day can interact with uh, Kevin and Sammy is good. Gets the tag team division moving along. Um. Rhea Ripley stepping up to Kevin Owens is pretty cool. That was awesome. Also, Kevin Owens made me laugh the fuck out loud when he did the whole, uh, he's like, they're here to fight. Let's just fight. Let's just fight. And he's like, Sammy's like, okay, okay. You're at, you're, you're up here. I know I started in 11. That's my fault. That's my fault. You're, I started in 11. You're up here. I need you to bring it back down. We don't have a problem with them. And then Damian Priest is like, actually, I'd love to fight. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Owens just anytime he's freaking out like that is hilarious. Yeah, that, that Kevin Owens has always been that guy to like get any kind of emotion out of anybody, whether you make somebody laugh, make somebody make somebody cry, emotional, angry. Like he is the master manipulator of emotion. Becca asked me recently, I think at the show, what his gimmick actually was, and the way I described it to her was that his gimmick is that he is the only person on the show that actually goes home and rewatches the show so that he knows what everyone else is doing because he's the only one that's self-aware enough on the show to realize that like Ezekiel is Elias or like, you know, he's the only one to pick up on the shit and be like, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. He refuses to like, like turn the other way and say, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This person really is who this is or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like he, he's a realist. It's a good throwback to like when we were watching in the Attitude Era, because back then, you know, they didn't treat us like we were children and like didn't pretend like the rest of the wrestlers weren't aware of what was going on. You know? Yeah. So he's kind of a, a throwback to those days, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, I dude. really do. I mean, it's just one of those people who doesn't want to insult your intelligence, and and I and I appreciate that as well. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and The Miz. Shinsuke's pretty over. Oh, yeah. You think? Uh, yeah. Very. Since he came back, man, he's he's getting the good pops. Oh, yeah, dude. I, 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 I love him, dude. Yeah, I'm so happy to see Shinsuke Nakamura on my TV again. Like, I'm so happy. Him and The Miz were a solid fucking match, too. Were they, were they not? Dude, I enjoyed. I think one of my favorite matches on Raw. Like, 
Miz lately has been putting in some work on Raw. Like, that man has had two or three matches. Like, that match with Seth a few weeks back was yeah. spectacular. Like, that dude... Miz gets a lot of shit, but the how far he's come in his career is amazing. Dude, think about this. John Cena got a lot of shit on him throughout his career, but his last two to three years, he was just on overdrive, putting on bangers after bangers after bangers. And I'm not saying that John Cena sucked back in his day. He had a job, he was told what to do, and he did well. But when it came to the work ethic and stuff like that, it's like he was like right on, and I'm sudden, I'm seeing the exact same thing come out of the Miz. I think he deserves another world title run. Personally, I, yeah, I, I think you give him another chance in that spot. Oh, a, a real world title run, not the transitional stuff he did for Bobby Lashley, which Bobby was way overdue at that point. I'm glad he finally got it, but Miz needs some uh, an actual title reign, and I'll stay down that hill, even though Jake and Shane will bitch at me for it. Okay, so I, I'm I'm a, I agree with you, JD, with the Miz. What I need to. Uh, need to know is are you going to do it with Roman Reigns is it going to be believable at that point no then do you do it with the world world championship well he's on raw he would go for the world championship theoretically right now but I don't know we'll talk about the world championship here in a little bit because okay. there's a lot to talk about there a lot to unpack there mm -hmm. um anyway we got the uh the apparently Liv Morgan's entered um yeah, they announced it on Raw, which the live crowd didn't really understand because they were showing a video package of commentary was talking over it. So we just saw the video package. So we didn't really understand what was going on until the segment started. And um, apparently it's bad enough that they were stripped of the titles on SmackDown this week. Uh, update to that. So they're doing They're going to announce or crown new champions on Raw soon. Another uh, four-way match. Another tournament? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just be a four-way match. Uh, man, those titles feel a little cursed. Yeah, you don't, you're telling me, dude. Um, I'm not saying take them down, but uh, get a Quiggy board, get some Sage out, do something. It's uh, it is. Before we went to commercial break, we uh, had Imperium walk into the ring or towards the ring from backstage. And Akira Tozawa walked into the hallway in front of the peep, looked up, and immediately turned and walked out, and I have never laughed so hard. Man, I was fucking sitting in the stands dying laughing. I think I was the only one that saw it around me, too, because I was dead. Shit was funny as hell. Dude, I, uh, I will live and die on the words that Valter or Gunther, whatever you want to call him, is the greatest wrestler alive in the world today, and you cannot change my mind on that. But I love Ethereum. I love, uh, uh, God almighty. Brothel and, um, Fabian Ochner. Is he going by Fabian Ochner now? Or is he going by Fabian Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser? Okay, Kaiser and, uh, and, uh, Ludwig Borga. I, fuck, I don't. Listen to him. Listen, I love the guys I do, but when you change names constantly, I mean, Gunther's and Vulture, very easy. The other two, like, I've got to write it on, on, on my end. Um, I do love the guys a lot. So we got the first video package with Seth Rollins, um, where he was doing the sit-down interview with Corey Graves. 
It was about halfway through this interview where the live crowd realized Seth Rollins wasn't going to be on Raw. And they got a little pissed. Um, you didn't hear that with the broadcast. I'll say that's probably the only time they edited the, noise, the background noise out of anything was that first Seth Rollins segment because they were like, fuck, he's not here. Uh, and I heard that from several people around me. Like, uh, I was a little sad because I wanted to sing. Dude, like the Raw that I went to, Seth Rollins had worked with um, a lot. Was it? Yeah, yeah, he worked with Elias in fucking phenomenal match. And uh, yeah. I was so happy to see Seth Rollins live. And I and if I'm not mistaken, they were actually main event. Yeah, I, I, I would have loved to see him. Uh, maybe sad we didn't, but, you know, maybe yeah, in the that, future. That sucks. But to close the show when we were at Raw, and, I, and you'll probably get to that when we're done here, was uh, Kurt Angle just said, hey, thank you for coming out, and I'm an Olympic gold medalist, and that was it. It was awesome. <laughs> um, we got the Imperium segment uh, with Gunther and Imperium coming down to talk before the Battle Royal and introduce themselves to the Raw crowd. While it was on commercial break, one of the uh, producers walked up to Gunther to pass him a note, and as he leaned down, he almost ate shit off of that commentary table. Again, I have never laughed so fucking hard in my life. Oh my god. Uh. I actually didn't like that because Gunther is my favorite wrestler in the world. Oh, I love Gunther, but that shit was funny as hell, dude. Yeah. Uh, that match was great. He probably equally liked the bat than we did. Yeah. The Battle Royal was great. I didn't like that they kind of just um, threw out J.D. McDonough, Von Wagner, and Zion Quinn as debuts without any fanfare. They didn't get their own entrance. We didn't know who the hell they were. They were just in the match, and if you were in the live crowd, you were just like, it's not, yeah, I think it is. And that that's how I recognize them. You know, I would have put JT McDonough in the Final Four. I think I would have too, but I also, I mean, he's getting Ziggly Puff feud, which we just talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah that's true. That sucks. Uh, Mustafa Ali winning that match was fucking dope. Yeah. And man, they popped like crazy for him. Yeah, I, I love Mustafa Ali, other than... Uh, he cut it to me. He kind of comes off as crybabyish. I'm not saying he's a crybaby. Uh, just like from the promos and stuff that I saw, he's came off as look at me. Well, he's doing a, a new gimmick where he's doing like he's a this positive Ali, positively, and I think it's hilarious. The dude's just like he walked up to um, who was it at the end of the. I forget who he walked up to after the after his match and backstage or at some point. And he's like, "It's okay because you're just a big loser, and I'm a winner because I think positive Ali and dude, it was just fucking great. Like, I think it's a good gimmick for him, and he's he's working with it. I love him. I, I'm glad they're giving him something, and he's rolling with it. This is something that almost anybody could do. Uh, Becky was pretty over the live crowd still. Give her that. Yeah. Uh, up? I didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, compared to, because uh, I, I was curious about that too. Compared to live being in the crowd and on television, was there any kind of difference there? I feel like they pipe in crowd noise for a lot. Not on this show, but like on some shows. But like, 
I feel like she's starting to get more over too as time goes by since she's done this last baby face turn because you know it didn't really go over great at first. It sure, she was yeah. just like I have a baby face and I'm injured and now I'm coming back from injury and it was just really it's hard for her to manage that. But she's getting over more with the crowd. But I, I I'm just yeah about Becky, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean no, I mean it's. I'm not saying that she's been oversaturated or anything like that, but she's been around for a little bit. Not the yeah. uh, not the oversaturation with like maybe with somebody like Charlotte Flair or anybody like that. I won't go that far with it. Hey, what what, what do you have there? You have a, uh, a pre sun. What flavor do you have? Strawberry kiwi. Oh well, you might as well drink piss because it's about what it is. It's fantastic. Okay. Um. Anyway, we're going to talk about Oliver all. Dominic and Xavier was pretty good. Xavier always puts in good work. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I love that dude. Just so fucking good. I, I've always said that, like, if I could spend time with any WWE wrestler, it would be with Xavier Woods. Not to work with him, not to train with him, but to play video games with. Like, I could live off that all day long. Uh, and a blink and you'll miss a notice after... Our, and I'm blinking, you'll miss it. Note at the moment. Um, Finn Balor was right behind uh, JD McDonough as he's being interviewed. Think he's going to be a recruiter for Judgment Day? I mean, that is his baby. Does Judgment Day have room for two Irishmen? I mean, that is his kid, technically, would it? I think it would be interesting. I mean, I would hate to see it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it, but at the same time, I mean, Fowler did train McDonough. Bob, am I wrong on there? Yep, he did. Yeah. So I mean, I could see something like that, maybe. I think that's where it's heading, but uh, I mean, as far, I don't know. as far as there being room in it. Not sure. Like I, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm fifty fifty there. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it if they did, but at the same time, uh they need to come up with something if they do. Um Indusur made their raw debut with Jinder Mahal. They look pretty dominant. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I like those two dudes. They're gonna be big. Yeah. Uh, that- Cody let's talk about Cody Rhodes. Overall, this week because boy, my god, that guy is over as fuck. Okay, listen, I'll tell you somebody else who was over as fuck in the green spell car. I'll see him. That's his daddy. Yes, that is true. So, so you know, if Dusty was a big deal in the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, they're gonna welcome Cody over there with open arms because Dusty's got a rich, rich, rich history over there. With the Crockett's and NWA and stuff like that. Man, it, he was just like, he was just so, so over. Like, there are people behind me singing every lyric to his theme song. Uh, like, it just it shocked me. Like, being, like, watching him on television is one thing. Seeing him in person, I am now convinced that the man is a star and he is the one that's going to take down Rover in the long run. So, yeah, uh, after seeing Cody. Live, 
I'm 100% convinced at this point that he is a bona fide star and that he is going to be the man that takes down Roman in the long run. I'll tell you this. I also saw, saw Cody Lobb, but I actually saw Lobb in an AEW event. Mm -hmm. uh, compared to what you probably saw, what I saw is probably going to be a very nice day thing because the people in AEW were fed up. They, they were over Cody. They were like, well, even in Atlanta, they were like, we don't, we don't care. I just think Cody's entire persona is tailor-made to be a WWE star. Yeah, I agree with that. It wasn't made for AEW's audience. It was made for WWE's audience, which is who I feel like he was always auditioning for. Yeah. And uh, to me, like Cody's more of the storytelling emotional type. Um, he was like the only person I saw in AEW around that time, like when he was there, that could do that, and he could like really sink sink you in. And uh, MJF was getting there, and I'm not trying to get off of top topic. Oh, you good? He was getting there, but it's like now it's you could only go so far with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love you. Dude, I love MJF, but it's it's a little bit of a challenge now, you know? Yeah, I'm just, after seeing that, man, I'm just, I'm convinced Cody's, Cody's the one. Yeah. Uh, People I, can pontificate all they want, but you got to see the man live and when, within a WWE sphere. And once you do, I think you'll get it. He's just. Yeah, and I also think that him losing at WrestleMania this year took a bit of bad thing. Ch chase a little more and probably have a little within the Rumble again and re-challenge Roman and win it next year. I don't even know that's going to take that long. Um, Let, I mean, Let's divert away from Raw for a minute because Raw was, Raw was great, cool. We had a main event between Judgment Day and... Sammy and Kevin, cool. Anyway, let's divert and talk about this real quick. Um, this thing, the way the bloodline storytelling is going, this is just me speculating, me putting on my, my booking hat, okay? Mm -hmm. The way this is going, you're going to have Solo and Roman versus Sammy and Kevin here next week at Nine Champions. Yeah. Um... I, if I were booking this, I would have the Usos inadvertently cost Roman and Solo that match. Next, at the next show, then you start building the tension between the Usos and Roman. And the next show, Money in the Bank in London, I would have Roman and Solo versus the Usos. Have it boil over. Which pay-per-view? At Money in the Bank, London. Okay. At the O2. I would have it boil over at that point. They uh, they had their match. The bloodline is finally imploding. And then Cody stakes his claim for a rematch at SummerSlam and takes the belt there. Here's the thing, though. I've noticed this in WWE. The uh, storytelling with the bloodline or Roman Reigns or Uso, like with those guys, is pretty long term. So... I could see an imploding of the bloodline as late as SummerSlam. 
I think we saw the bloodline starting to implode this week on SmackDown. Okay. When Roman went to leave the ring because he got flustered after um, the Usos attacked Sammy and Kevin during their face-to-face, he got pissed off at the Usos and said, hey, why the fuck, basically, why the fuck y'all interrupting something? I had something I wanted to say. I had a plan. And then he turned around to walk out of the ring, flustered, and bumped into Solo, and Solo just stared daggers at him, and he looked scared. Oh, yeah. So, the implosion has started, in my opinion. Okay. So, the full-on effect of him being split, like, fully split, you're expecting at Funny in the Bank. Am I kidding that? Yeah, that's where I think we're going to have the Usos versus Roman and Solo. Throughout the years of what I've seen with the Bloodline and Sami Zayn, for example. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I can also see it at the O2 Arena at, at, Money, at Money in the Bank, too. So, uh, I mean, one of the others not wrong, if that makes sense. Yeah. But 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 we can agree that it's pretty much an inevitable thing to happen. Yeah, it's it's coming up pretty soon, I think. So what about this? Let me throw let, let me throw a monkey wrench on this one. What if Tamatanga comes along around SummerSlam or something like that to be like a surprise to to let the the Usos are out, but that's Solo and Roman. Tamatalka, if I'm not mistaken, it's free. I don't know. We'd have to get what will on that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think he is, though. I'm thinking he is, too. But golly, think about if you got that. Well, like, the craziest wrestler to ever live, his son does in that group. And he's probably just as crazy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, SmackDown the rest of this week. We got a few things interesting. Like I said, the women's championships got uh, vacated due to Liv Morgan's injury. Uh, that's unfortunate. I, ho- I don't know what's going on with her. They didn't say. Uh, I hope she's okay. Yeah, I- I'm kind of hoping at this point it's a kayfabe thing. But uh, uh, regardless, I'll 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 Which is to her. Yeah, her and Raquel are just starting to click. So I hope I hope she gets back in the ring pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to what you're saying. Those belts are cursed. Yeah, I mean, well, speaking of which, we got a return of Ronda and Shayna at the Raw in Greensboro. Um, they're probably going to get the belts next. They're in the match. Yeah, no no offense. But gross. Yeah, me either. Um, Shayna, Shayna's going to be huge someday, though. Yeah. Uh, no. She's... She should have already won a women's title and ball oh, yeah. Long overdue. Yeah, I love that. Looks definitely long overdue. Um anything else this week you wanted to cover? Um uh, I've actually been uh, uh kind of on the download the wrestling part because work has picked up for me like insane. It's it's been an, an insane week at work. Oh dude, I feel that. Uh, so like if I could take anything, I would like to you. I would like straight up be making shit up, and I don't want to make shit up on this program. I'm not Dave Meltzer. Uh, I'm not going to give anything probably <laughs> like that. 
I, I don't want to lock to, to the good people who listen to this. Well, well, speaking of Dave Meltzer, we got some uh, CM Punk movement. Uh, apparently, uh, Collision was announced this week. I did forget about that. Collision was announced this week. The new Saturday show. Uh, CM Punk was not announced along with it. Apparently, uh, there's some holdup with Ace Steel being involved, and they said he would be involved, but now he's not gonna be on the road. CM Punk was like, "Well, then you're not getting me," and they took him out of all the the uh, advertising. So, um, and then Tony Khan had said he's gonna have a big announcement. And his big announcement that was that he announced the location of the first collision next week, but they've already booked the United Center for that date. So it's Chicago. Um, so apparently though, works hard in a Punk scene. Yeah, but apparently if they can't work things out, Khan is uh, trying to book Daly's place so that they he can't get Punk. Because apparently he legit might not get him. I don't know. I'm kind of over CM Punk. Uh, I read some shit this week about him that made me lose a lot of respect for him. Uh, and I said this earlier in the week. There's a lot of stuff out there that I, I'm i not saying it's clout or anything like that. There's a ton of reaching this week that I saw on the internet. So I've been like low-key kind of getting, getting myself away from it. Yeah. But, uh it's one of those things gotta be weary because this week's been super duper weird with with news because you don't know what to believe what handle it you know what I mean yeah but but at the same time you also gotta keep your eye on that stuff too yeah uh, so we'll see I, I guess they punted the announcement to this week so if by Wednesday they haven't announced CM Punk he's probably not coming back no, probably not. Uh, but uh, but I'll I'll tell you who would draw if they would put Danhausen in there with uh, War Wars in Chicago, and it would draw real well. I, I'm telling you, just, just book Goldberg for All In. Just go ahead and do it. No, Goldberg could have a seat somewhere. Go work on his cars. Go tackle it. Dude, don't get me started on Goldberg. Goldberg, <laughs> Omega, and uh, and Wembley. Would sell it out, and then you have Goldberg winning the squash. Oh yeah, like two, like two, three seconds. Yeah, Spear, Jack Hammer, pin. We had this to be the Goldberg retirement tour. He he pins Kenny Omega in four seconds. I, I don't know. Goldberg's kind of turned me around a little, a little bit now. I kind of like that. <laughs> oh man! Uh, now to uh, Omega like get the threat. Speaking of all in, they've only sold about two thousand more tickets since pre since they got up to sixty thousand. They only have sixty-two thousand ticket sales so far, but they haven't announced a match yet either. So I think as we get closer, we'll probably sell more tickets. I think so. You announce a main event or something like that. It's, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna be. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna sell out Wembley. I, I really do, or get really close one. They'll be close to say, uh, SummerSlam ninety. Oh shit! Ninety one, ninety two, ninety two, They'll they'll get real close to it, and like I said, you don't have to have a big stage. You can have you yeah. can have a small stage, long you can have a small stage, small uh, stage, long one. It would be perfect. I'm interested in seeing how that goes. Well, um, yeah, I think we covered everything for the week so far. Oh two, um. 
Uh, do you have an MVP for the week? Because I kind of don't. Uh, my MVP uh, first. Let me uh, insert Will's MVP because he asked us to uh, ask us to let me know. And he says he says my MVP for the week is Titan for killing it on in all his best of super juniors matches this week. Yeah. I, I I applaud him. That's a very good one. I'm I'm more than okay with that. I will give myself two this week. Uh, mine uh, first of all is going to go to uh, that boy Jaden, competing the best of the best for CCW. Didn't advance the second round, but either way, uh, just being on that platform is pretty pretty big. Yeah, and also now that I think about it, there was another the other person. She was in it too. Kid that ended. Who I love with all of my heart, not just as a professional, but person. She is a stand-up person, lover, and um, also in the best of the best at CCW. And uh, congratulations her as well. As long as as long as and there. And um, my other MVP is going to be Donovan Mysterio for that insane he he had with the live crowd. Yeah, nothing new. Like, a lot of good. I think I've nominated him for MVP like three times now. Yeah. Well, since you nominated him MVP for three times, I want to nominate Douglas Sanders for the third weekend. He won his three-way match against Devin Ayer and uh, Kevin Ryan to open the show at Pro Style. So, Douglas, I'm I'm a Doug addict for you, and you're awesome. I love you. Awesome, awesome. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we won't have a second episode this week since it's just a two-man crew, but we'll be back in feeds next week with uh, some great, fresh content with more of the crew next time. Thank you for listening to this throwback episode with just me and T.Y. And T.Y., I guess that's uh, what they need to do. Ah, uh, bring money. <laughs>